Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service, in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans, or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com, and we hope you enjoy this message. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it's one I think you're probably familiar with. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word of God for us, the people of God, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in all ways, for you are our rock and our ever-present Redeemer. Amen. You know, I mentioned I advertised this service on Facebook, and, uh, and I told the folks who were reading the Facebook, this is going to be an upbeat service because it's Mardi Gras season. Live your best life. And so it's going to seem kind of odd that I'm going to start the sermon, the sermon off by stating I'm in the middle of four funerals right now, uh, two of which I've served as pastor. Uh, Thursday, on the way to Sandra McNeil's funeral, uh, which, by the way, was a beautiful funeral. And Don, you gave a beautiful eulogy. It was, it was a, just a touching time uh, and a great, uh, a great time to be together. But on the way to the funeral, I heard a song on the radio by Kermit Ruffins. And I could have sworn, but I don't swear, but I could have sworn that the name of the song was Make Way for the Reaper. And I thought, God, you and I have a pretty good rapport including when we drive, when I drive. God and I are always talking when I'm driving. We have a good rapport, but this is really honed in. And then I was finally able to manipulate the radio screen, and I found out that the song was, in fact, Make Way for the Rebirth. And I was pretty relieved. And I was excited about the title, because the song was playing on my Mardi Gras channel on Pandora. It was Mardi Gras time in New Orleans, actually. And frankly, I look at funeral services as being, having a potential, if you let it, right, having a potential for a major rebirth for the people who attend the services. We mentioned during the funeral service on Thursday that most of the scripture readings that we, we put into the funeral service deal with God's promises to us, his covenant with us, his contract with us, which like a lot of other contracts comes with what? Terms and conditions, Right? But the terms and conditions are right there in Scripture for us to follow, and they set us up to live our best life on this earth. So it's always bugged me when Mardi Gras comes up, and one person or another would say to me, oh, God, I hate Mardi Gras for, you know, uh, whatever reason they have. Because I view Mardi Gras as a time in my life where I can be euphoric. Now, just for coin the definition here, euphoria, the experience of pleasure or excitement 
and the accompanying intense feelings of well-being and happiness. Now, I view that as being part and parcel of what we just read in the scripture from Matthew, where Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That comfort in Christ should reach the point and the level of intense feelings of well-being and happiness. It should reach the point of euphoria. Now, I heard someone say this week, and this person didn't say this in a religious context, although I know this person to be a person of faith, and this is what he said. He said, the most important decision is, do I want to be happy? Will I commit to being happy? More important than happy, am I committed to living in a beautiful state, even when it doesn't go my way, even when it rains on my parade? We can relate to that even when my biggest fear shows up. I can't control, he's still talking, I can't control whether your husband or wife will live or pass away or get sick or leave you or get a divorce. I don't want any of that to happen to any human being. I hate suffering and I would do anything I could to help people not suffer. I can't control that. And he says, but you can. There are people who have lost an arm, they've lost their sight, there are people that have been through the most horrific experiences in life but have still found a way to be happy because they've made the decision that life is too short to suffer. That was this week. If you need something a little older than that, here's a quote from St. Irenaeus who's from about 1800 years ago who said this, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. You know, the life of every one of us is a manifestation of God's goodness, an insight into God's generosity, a sign of God's wisdom. When we see a person out there living well, being generous and merciful and courageous, and more than likely in the process, feeling those intense feelings of well-being and happiness, being euphoric in the process, we see a certain nobility, a graciousness of human nature, and a small insight into the divine nature of God. It may be a small insight, but it's way better than no insight at all. Have you considered this for your own life? That it is when we thrive, when we use our God-given gifts and talents and reach our fullest potential, when we feel most alive, when we're doing all that, that is when God is most glorified. The Bible says it many times in many ways. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And David wrote in the Psalms, he says, you will make known to me, God, the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. God wants good things for us to bless us and not to harm us. He wants us to feel loved and to thrive in our relationships with others. God has things all arranged so that we can receive that. But what happens? We get stuck in a rut. If you live up east, it may be the wintertime blues, it may be a dead-end job, a difficult marriage, difficult children, amen. None of our kids, though, right? Money problems, the worst. 
or just a general malaise that makes it difficult to wake up in the morning. And then we compound that by allowing ourselves to be inundated 24-7 with a world that wants to tell us that our global and our national and our local circumstances are just getting bleaker every day. None of that depression changes God's promise to us. God's word remains true. It endures. So if God says he wants to give us an abundant life, it's true. And we should cling to that promise. All those things we talked about that are keeping you from your best life, bring those to God. Bring them to Jesus. The prophet Isaiah said about God, a bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Jesus came to repair all of us bruised reeds. And as long as there is a smoldering wick, God can transform a heart. A flicker of faith can become a flame. In verse 28 of our scripture today, when Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, he follows up with this invitation as a promise. He says, if we go to him, if we get tied to him, he says yoked to him, that's a real significant tie, and abide by his will, we will find rest. Now let's make no mistake about this. This isn't God, not God, demanding obedience for obedience sake. It's God saying that if we defer to him, we defer to God over our own desires and our self-interests. If we defer to God over the aggressive pulling and pushing of people in the world around us, by deferring to God, we can participate in the good life that Jesus came to bring all of us. All this reminds me of what I think is a corresponding concept, the idea that people that you interact with deserve your best. That statement's not just about the level of effort you give, but also on ascertaining what are your talents. I tell people all the time, you don't want me working on a habitat house. It's not my area of talent. You won't like the way the paint looks, and you won't like the way the corners are mitered. However, if you need me to cook for 500 people, bring it on. That's my jam. And I guarantee you that the people eating the food will have a far better experience, and I will have served them better than someone figuring out how they're going to cover up or repair the results of my inadequate home construction skills. Figure out and acknowledge your God-given talents, the things that you like to do and that you do well. That's part of yoking yourself to Jesus. That's part of bringing your things to Jesus Christ, your burdens, who I promise you is not going to tell you, keep doing the things you don't like to do and hate doing and don't do well. That's what I want you to do. Jesus would never do that. You ask Jesus, and he will guide you, and he will put you in a position to experience the intense feelings of well-being and happiness that come from a job well done, doing something you like. Jesus says, I've come that you might have abundant life, fullness of life, not basic existence, not half a life, but aliveness, fullness of life. The life force for that comes to us from the inner wellspring, the part of every one of us that is of God. But to get to that true self, we've got to let go. Let go of our stuff, our issues, our selfishness, our self-interest, and get back to the source. Get back to the well. Get back to God.
And in all of this, Jesus was our role model. Here he was, this mystic and a social reformer and a contemplative and an activist, but he would go off to pray and get back to the wellspring, connect back to God. And then he would head back to his ministry of compassion and justice and equality and nonviolence and knowing what was coming ahead in terms of all the persecution and all of that, Jesus still nonetheless said, my burden is light. So as we get to the home stretch of Mardi Gras, I want you to remember that Mardi Gras, for all of its craziness, and despite the fact that some of what goes on seems less than completely wholesome, but I will tell you, <laughs> plenty of it is beyond wholesome, right? Think about the crews, like I can think of Rex and Toth, who are so gifted to charity. The Toth folks were just here at the church the other day visiting with the old folks at the, uh, at the Kinship Center. Remember that Mardi Gras is a celebration, which like other celebrations is intended to help us live our best life. Now, I don't write anything extra into the celebration for that reason because every culture has its celebrations. But I am a firm believer that the fact that New Orleans is so dialed into and has such a focus on the Mardi Gras celebration and on the euphoria that it can produce that I believe we may be a step or two nearer than many to understanding what the scripture said when Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Do not discount the possibility that your Mardi Gras experience has the potential to bring you closer to God by helping you live into the fullness that God intended for you. And once you get closer... Don't pull away. Find your purpose. Find your talents. Give the rest of the world your best. Do that, and you will find that your euphoria, your rest in Christ, is not just a once-a-year thing, but it's an everyday event. Let us pray. God, how often... Do we overlook the gifts that you place right in front of us? People, events, opportunities, all of which are intended to bring us closer to you. And by ignoring them, Lord, we continue to drive wedges between us and your blessings. Lord, help us to break down those walls. Help us to keep our eyes open. Help us to have a channel of communication with you that is constant through prayer, just listening for your voice and looking for your effect on the world around us, Lord, so that we can, with the skills and talents you gave us, Lord, work into the will, the promise, the plan that you have for each one of us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, and our Savior. Amen.